Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Samuel chapter 13, if I were to give this one a title, it would be, Who's Leading Whom? Who's Leading Whom? I don't know if you've ever done this before, but once upon a time, I went with some friends of mine, and we went to the local square of where we where we live, and we played this, this game where you, you used a GPS from your phone, and it was like a murder mystery. We had to figure out what was going on and go to different places. And I was the one for a little while who was holding the phone. And and I was holding the phone. I was trying to navigate and figure out what the next thing was because you had to walk to certain places. But as I was doing this, there was somebody else in the group who was really good at puzzles. And they were so good at figuring out the puzzles that they were like, I think we should go this way or that way. Well, I got to where, even though I had the, the map, I was following them. And I got to following them where they were going, and I didn't realize it. But I got way off <laughs> where we were supposed to be. And finally, we get over like in a corner somewhere. We're like way off. And they look at me and they go, where, where, where are we at? I was like, I don't know. Where, where are we at? And finally, this person was like, Brandon, you've got the map. <laughs> why, why are you following me? What's well, because you're so good at this. Like, forget who's good at this. I need you to follow the map. Who, who's in charge here? It's like, well, I, I guess it's supposed to be me. I thought it was you. <laughs> so, so it was real quick like, hey, look. I'm in charge. I've got the phone. Either I need to give the phone to somebody else or I need to lead the way. And I don't know about you, but if I'm not careful, I can find my way doing that. I can find myself doing that in all areas of life. Like I know I'm supposed to go this way, but if I follow the loudest voice in my life, it doesn't always lead me where I'm supposed to go. I either need to let them lead or I need to let God lead. We're going to get into all that in just a moment because there's some bad stuff going to happen today on the podcast. Before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are on our way to 1,000. We are going to be there very, very quickly. So make sure you are subscribing, telling everybody about it. And I can't wait. I can't wait to get there. Just, just creating a goal and crushing it together. I love it so much. Make sure you're leaving us a five-star review on our podcast. I see all of you on the Spotify. Thank you so much for leaving those. Keep leaving them. We're going to start having us a competition between uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can get the most. Right now, we've got more on Apple. So if you listen on, on Spotify, leave us a five-star review. We're going to pass them. I love some competition, right? And then also, make sure we're all gathering together at the the Facebook group. I'm getting tongue-tied. The Facebook group, Bible Breakdown Facebook group, where we just come together, and there's such an amazing team doing a wonderful job, and I love them so much. Leave us a comment in today's devotion, and let us know what your number one takeaway is, because, man, the more we dig, the more we find, and the best way to do life is together. If you have your Bible, you want to open them up with me to 1 Samuel 13. Let me catch you up real quick if you've missed a couple of days. When Samuel, 1 Samuel first began, it was this idea of the nation of Israel is coming out of the time of the judges, the time where God was supposed to be their king, but they don't want God to be their king. They wanted to follow everything else, and that's why they kept getting into trouble. And so finally they say, I, we want a king ourselves. And Samuel says, no, you don't need a king. Let God be your king and maybe actually follow him this time. <laughs> nope, don't want that. And so Samuel is disappointed. He's distressed. But God tells him, they didn't reject you. 
They've rejected me. Let them do this. And we start to see all of these things happening that God would prefer us not to do, but, but yet he gives us this space to do these different things, and God's ultimately in charge. And that's one of the major takeaways from 1 Samuel is God's providence despite our silliness or our foolishness. That is that even when we make wrong turns and terrible decisions and, and do things, God's ultimately sovereign. God's ultimately in charge. And so he has a way of nudging us in the right way and in the right area to get us where we need to be. We just need to trust in him. Well, today is one of those days where God is going to start nudging us in the right direction despite what we do. (laughs) So even our bad decisions, God can turn them into great things. That's why the Bible says we can be confident that he who began a good work in us will continue to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, that all things work together to good to those who love the Lord. So it's all things and those who are called according to his purpose. Well, today's one of those days. So we're going to read this. We're going to see a horrible mistake that Saul makes and see why maybe that happened. And maybe it'll be a lesson for all of us. And so if you have your Bibles ready, 1 Samuel chapter 13, let's read this together. The Bible says this, Saul was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned for 42 years. Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent them, sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of those chosen men with him to Michmash in the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son Jonathan to Gabeah and the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of the Philistines at Gabeah. The news spread quickly among the Philistines. So Samuel, or excuse me, so Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, "Hebrews, hear this: rise up and revolt." All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison of Gibeah, and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Now pause. So what's going on here is that the Philistines were really dominating the nation of Israel. And Israel is finally saying, we've had enough of this. So they are starting to attack the, is- the, the Philistines so that they can gain their freedom. If you ever kind of watched the movie uh, Braveheart, which I've been told is horribly inaccurate historically, you still get the idea. You had these subjugated people who start to rise up against these overlords, and they're starting to take over. Verse 5, the Philistines mustered the mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth Haven. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy. So then they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan to escape the land to the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel. As Samuel had instructed him earlier, to do this, but Samuel didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And then Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Just as Saul was finishing the burnt offerings, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him, but Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw the men scattering from me. You didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked the Lord for help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before the Lord. How 
foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command of the Lord that the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Now pause. Notice what happened. Saul went and made this this bold decree. They were going to go to war with the Philistines. Okay, no big deal. Well, I mean, it's a big deal, but that's okay. He gathers everybody together. But then when the army sees, the Israelite army sees how massive the Philistine army is, they start to get afraid. And when they start to get afraid, people start slipping back into the shadows, start slipping back in the bushes. Like, hey, I'm not really with them, (laughs) you know, and start to leave. Well, as Saul starts to see this, he starts to get impatient. And he looked at the men, and he let the men guide his heart rather than his commitment on God. Because it was not the job of the king to offer the sacrifice. It was the job of the judge or the priest, really the priest, to do the sacrifices. And so he didn't lead his men. He let his men lead him. And he was afraid of what the men thought. He was afraid they were going to leave. And so he let his fear override everything else. And because his fear dictated rather than his principles of I'm going to wait, I'm going to honor the Lord, then he made a horrible mistake. Because notice it says as soon as he got done, Samuel showed up. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but God is always almost late. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that? God is always almost late. I don't know about you. God is never early when it comes to my life. He always comes in at the last possible moment before it's not going to work out. He's always right on time. That's the way it goes. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as Saul is finished kind of jumping the gun, Samuel shows up. Let's have the sacrifice. And so he let himself be led by the wrong thing, and it had tragic consequences for his future. Let's finish the chapter. Verse 15. Then Samuel left Gilgal, and he went on his way. But the rest of the troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to to Gabeah in the land of Benjamin. And when Saul counted the men who were still with him, he found only 600 men left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops who were with him were staying in Gabeah in the land of Benjamin. The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of the Philistines. One went north to Orphra and the land of Shuah. The other went to Beth Horon. And the third went toward the border above the valley of Zippoim near the wilderness. There were no blacksmiths in the land in those days of Israel. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear they would make swords, spears for the Hebrews. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares or picks or axe or sickles, they had to take them to a Philistine blacksmith. The charges were as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe or making the point of an ox goad. So on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or a spear except for Saul and Jonathan. The pass of Michmash, meanwhile, uh, had been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you, even with those 600 people, they have a wonderful success. Which means God wasn't interested in how big the army was. He was interested in patient obedience. And so the question we have today is, what do you do when it seems like God is, always, or God is almost late? Maybe you're experiencing that in your life right now. Maybe you really need God to come through with a time pressure decision. Maybe you do. Maybe you, you know, God, I really need you to do something. The pressure is on. 
things are happening, all this kind of stuff. What do you do when God hasn't come through yet? Well, now, there are times when we already know what to do, we just don't want to do it. You know, I don't know about you, but I run into that. Like, I know what the next step is. I just don't want to do that next step. I want God to do something else. And so in that situation, you take the next step and you let the chips fall where they may. and You trust the Lord. I'm going to do the right thing for the right reason. God's going to lead me in the right direction. But what do you do if you really don't know? Well, according to this passage of Scripture, sometimes the very best thing to do is to be patient and wait on the Lord. Yeah, but, but in this context, yeah, but pastor, I'm, I'm losing my army. I had 3,000. Now there's 1,500. Now there's 2,000. I should do something. Wait, wait. <laughs> you're not the one to do this. You're, you're not the one to do this. God said, don't do this. Don't, don't let go of your integrity. Don't stop trusting in him. There's someone else that's supposed to do that job. Okay, yeah, but now it went from 1,500 to 1,200. Now it's 1,000. Now it's 800. Wait, <laughs> just wait. Trust the Lord. Don't let circumstances lead you. Now, once again, find the balance. If you know what to do, this wasn't a situation where Saul wasn't doing his job. The problem was Saul tried to do somebody else's job. He tried to step outside of his lane, step outside of what God called him to do, step outside of his integrity. It was a lack of integrity. He stepped outside. He disobeyed God in order to make it happen. You don't do that. You do everything you can do, and then once you've made every best decision you can possibly make. And now you're at the end. Trust the Lord. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world to do because pressure is so loud sometimes. But sometimes the best thing you can do is to stop and go, you know what? I've done every single possible conceivable thing I can. I'm not going to step outside of my integrity. I'm not going to sin against the Lord. I'm going to wait because God is often almost late but he's always right on time. It's very simple, but not at all simplistic. But God will give you the strength to make it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are for us more than we can imagine. And God, I think that if we could grab a hold of how much you're for us, it would bring us a sense of peace and confidence. Because sometimes, God, we're not always so sure. Because we have our plans, and we want you to do it our way. But I pray you will help us to realize that you are for us. That we've never been more loved than we are right now. And so, God, if you haven't answered that prayer yet, or if you didn't answer it the way we would have wanted you to, help us to have the confidence to realize that you want better for us than we can imagine. And so we wait for you, we trust in you, and we rest in the confident hope that you are completely for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And anyway, don't forget, God's word says in 1 Samuel 12, be sure to fear the Lord and to faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done. God is going to move and guide and lead despite all of our bad decisions. <laughs> I love you so much. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Samuel chapter 14.